Big injury updates on both Devin Levi and Zach Benson. Good news and the bad news. We'll give you the good news first coming up on Locked On Sabres. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Lockdown Sabres your first listen every day. We are brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. We got a practice on Tuesday that featured a lot of news on the Sabres. Big updates on two rookies for the Sabres, Devin Levi and Zach Benson. We'll give you the good news first, and then we'll give you the bad news. Coming up on the show, you can check us out on our YouTube channel where you can like and subscribe us there. We will always appreciate that. You can always throw a comment our way or a question as well uh, for uh, our mailbag segments as we go along on the podcast. And also uh, Twitter, at Sabres. You can find us on Twitter there, or if you want to get right to me, at Sneaky Joe Sports uh, is the way to do that as well. On our last show, we, of course, recapped the Sabres' win over the Avalanche, 4 to nothing, wearing the black and the red. Uh, Ray tweeted, and the contrast between the black and red and the normal white jerseys is so stark. The white jerseys look so less threatening and perhaps out of place, which they are because it's a jersey from a long time ago. That might be why there's something to it. I wouldn't go that far. I think the black and red, like, they feel evil wearing them. There might be something to the players feel differently when they're wearing the jerseys, but that almost makes it sound like you think the opponent is taking something out of the jerseys they're wearing. I don't know. I love the Sabres white uniforms. Uh, I, I think arguably the two best jerseys in the NHL right now are the black and red Sabres home jersey, and I think the white road jerseys are unbelievable. They're perfect. Um, I like them a lot more than the blue home jerseys, uh, especially. Uh, an 89-30 uh, and hating uh, t- tweeted out uh, the win percentage. 89.2 win rate in black and red. There's got to be something to this. Um, I agree. It's unbelievable. And if you're uh, wondering where, like Tim asked, where I got that hoodie I was wearing in the last show, 26 shirts. Uh, shout out to those guys, my buddy Del Reed. Uh, timeout here. Not a timeout here. Let's change gears, though. Let's go to the Sabres at practice on Tuesday morning. They had a day off on Monday after winning on Sunday, and they don't play again until Wednesday night against the Flyers and then Friday night against the Flyers for a little bit of a home-and-home. Sabres on the practice ice met Devin Levi back on the ice for Sabres practice wearing the red lightsaber helmet. He is all in on Star Wars. You know, there was a point where I was wondering, is Levi... Levi, you know, not upset, uh, but is he tired of all the Star Wars stuff? Like, I, I thought that was contrived by the Sabres and their fans because of the meditation. They just made it into a Jedi thing and Jedi Master Levi, and let's start selling shirts, right? Because that's how sports work. Um, I thought that's what it was, and, may, and maybe Levi's getting sick of it, the, lights, the lightsaber sound effect. I didn't realize that this kind of comes from him it actually, maybe I knew this before and just forgot. It comes from Star Wars. I mean, there's a picture the Sabres tweeted out uh, for it being Halloween. Happy Halloween, by the way. Levi is a kid with a lightsaber. Like, he's into Star Wars in a big way. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, his helmet. Red lightsabers. He's uh, he's a Sith 
when he's wearing the black and red. And he's doing that, by the way, breaking in the new helmet because the Sabres will be wearing black and red on Friday. Um, so Levi back on the ice after missing five games due to soreness. A big question. There's two big questions. One is a smaller question. What will he play this week? Will he play Wednesday? Will he play Friday? If he plays Wednesday, I might want to guess that he also will play on Friday or Saturday. So is Levi going to get two games this week, or is he going to get one game this week? But I think he's going to get at least one, given that Devin Cooley has been sent back down to Rochester. Levi, this will lead me into my second question about Levi, the big one. He said, quote, today, I loved it. Because that's why I'm here when talking about playing the first four games of the year. I'm here to play because that week was a game every two days. So it's a taste of the season, how mentally and physically tough it is. And it was great lessons in those games moving forward. All right. That is the way Levi thinks and the way the Sabres were operating. Through the first week, Levi was the unquestioned number one that was going to play as many games as they could give him. And he did okay. He wasn't unbelievable. He wasn't bad. He had one bad start in Calgary. Although, as he said, he was really dealing with that injury in the third period of that game. Also, he played pretty well before that. He played really well against Tampa. So what does it all mean when you put it together? Well, let's look at the goals saved above expected numbers for the season. And if I look at all the goaltenders that have played this year in the NHL. Uh, look at some of the Sabres goaltenders. Eric Comrie ranks 17th in goal saved of expected. Uka Bekalukinen ranks 42nd. And out of 69 goaltenders, Levi ranks 50th. But again, there is a bad game that's mixed in there and only a four-game sample where he was playing injured. So I would give him a little bit of a pass for that. How are they going to operate with Levi going forward? They came out of the gate swinging with this guy's the unquestioned number one. And that was always going to be a little risky. I would throw out the hypothetical during the summer. Hey, why don't you go get a veteran backup? Because Levi, as a 21-year-old rookie, asking him to carry the work is risky. He's a rookie. He might go through a month where he struggles, and you want to have an option behind him. A reliable option. Levi also has never played an 82-game schedule. He's never played more than a 35-game schedule. That's a huge jump. More than double what he's used to. Playing a couple times in the weekend, then he gets his week off. Then a couple days in the weekend, and then a week off. Levi, an injury risk, was always there. What happens if he gets injured? Where are you in goal? And what happened one week into the season? Levi played four games, and I think it was eight nights, the most compact workload he's had, other than that seven-game stretch at the end of last year. And he got injured. He got injured. And where were you? Relying back on Eric Comrie and Ukapeka Lukin. Now, maybe they're lucky. Maybe you know they got it to go pretty well. They got a couple nice games from Comrie and at least one really solid game from Lukin. But how much can you trust getting that all the way through the year? So this is the question about Levi now. Will they go back to treating him as the definitive number one? Or will they be a little hesitant now? Will they be a little gun shy? Because, uh-oh, 
We played him like crazy out of the gates, and he couldn't handle it. He got hurt. Now what? Do we play him every other night? Do we treat him as a 1A instead of the 1? That, to me, is going to be what is interesting. Is he going to be the number 1 or the 1A going forward? And maybe you ease him back in to as the 1A for a month. They play him two games a week, and then you increase his workload steadily as the season goes on. Maybe that's the way you do it. I'll say this, though. It's not all up to Levi either. This is where they need Ukepekalukin to keep it going. I, I'm not super confident that's going to happen, but hey, let's get some momentum building here, right? Lukin in with a shutout victory against the best team in hockey, Colorado on Sunday. Can he continue to give them good quality starts? Because if he could take a jump as a 24-year-old athletic and talented netminder, if he could go from kind of a failing prospect in front of our eyes to, ooh, this guy's an NHL goaltender, like a legitimate NHL goaltender, that will give the Sabres even more freedom to decrease the workload for Devin Levi. If Lukanen doesn't play well, well, then I don't know what you do. You can keep force-feeding Levi, but you're risking him getting injured again, and he will see if he even plays well doing that. You don't know that he's going to play well. He's a rookie goaltender. A lot of rookie goaltenders don't play well for uh, for a lot of the time. So they have a they have an interesting decision to make here, uh, and we'll see what they do. You know, we'll find out Wednesday who plays Wednesday night, of course. Um, I don't know. I might want to guess it's Lukanen. Lukanen gets two of these three games, um, but I'm not sure. But if I were, I mean, I, I wouldn't even, I'm not even, I'm not even going to go through this hypothetical. What would I do if I were them? Because if I were them, I would have never been in this situation. I would have never entered the season with the goalies they had. I, you need, I thought they needed badly a reliable number two, a reliable one B. And the guy isn't in the building. You're hoping, fingers crossed, Lukanen can do it. You're hoping, fingers crossed, that Comrie can come back at some point and give him, give them what they he just did for about a month and not revert back to what he was last year. Uh, your, your fingers are crossed right now with the Sabres in goal. And so far, so good. It's been okay so far this year. Um, but again, I'm not the most optimistic in the world that is going to hold up. Can I find real quick before we take a timeout last second here, what the Sabres are goals saved above expected um, for all of their goaltenders. I just mentioned um, where they are. Here we go. Go save percentage. Above, I've got save percentage above expected. All right. That's close enough, right? That's a, that's a nice, that's a nice little number. It's a little more context and a little deeper than just straight up save percentage. Uh, Sabres rank 20th. Okay. That's, that's, I think, an improvement. I think that's an improvement. I can tell you right now, actually. They're 20th in the league this year in save percentage above expected on unblocked shots. And last year, they were 27th. Okay, there you go. So, so far, so good. They've been a little bit better. And you would hope that they could get in the top 20 if Levi can stay healthy. Time out here when we come back. The bad news from practice on Tuesday. Zach Benson might be out a little bit. We'll talk about it when we come back, how it affects the decision to be made on him, too. On the Lockdown Sabres podcast, we are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. 
not just hockey that you can bet on right now, although those Tage Thompson shooting props are interesting. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any five winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better place, no better time to get in on the action. App is super easy to use, very user-friendly, a lot of betting options. I like future bets. You can check out the Sabres Stanley Cup odds right now. You can check out the Bills Super Bowl odds or odds to win the AFC East. There are spreads for individual games, player props, over-unders, and plenty more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. Back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast, the bad news from Tuesday's practice for the Sabres is no Zach Benson on the ice. Zach Benson is week to week with a lower body injury. And with Benson, the Sabres rookie, who's played uh, six games so far this year. And in those six games, he has two assists. He has six shots on goal. And he's averaged just over 13 minutes of ice time per night. Benson, I thought, has played okay. I thought he played really well in the first two games of the season. I thought um, his performance against the Islanders was very strong. I thought his performance against the Lightning was pretty strong as well, and the opener against the Rangers has skipped right over. But since then, some struggles. Took two penalties against the Avalanche. But, as Don Granado told me on Tuesday morning on WGR, he thought Benson had been fighting it a little bit. That that injury has been nagging him, and that has been affecting his play. And I'm inclined to believe that, um, for sure. Because I do think he's looked different from especially the preseason and also the first three games of the year compared to the last three games he's played against Calgary, Ottawa, and Colorado. What this injury does is is a little complex, but it delays the decision to be made on Zach Benson of whether to keep him or send him to juniors. And Granado said on Tuesday morning that that decision will not be made until it absolutely has to be made. So they're going to slow play this week to week delays the decision. What it also does, it allows the Sabres to gather more information before they have to make a decision on him. Matthew Savoy, who was teammates with Benson and and juniors first round pick of the Sabres last year, his AHL stint is coming to an end. His conditioning stint, he got hurt in the development camp or the prospects challenge. He missed the whole preseason. He got back on the ice recently for practice, went down to Rochester for a conditioning stint, which he's allowed to do that. You can only go there for a limited amount of time because he's technically not allowed to play in the AHL. You only are if you're on an injury conditioning stint. And in Rochester, three games, one goal, two assists, three points. I saw some, I did not watch these games in full. I saw some clips. He looks super fast out on the ice. He had a really nice goal the other night. Like Savoy's look good. And he's played on a line with the other kids, Yuri Kulik and Isaac Rosine. So time to make the decision on Savoy too. And I think the next decision on this is Savoy's going to play for the Sabres. That's my hunch. That's my guess. That has not been said anywhere yet by Don Granado or Kevin Adams, but I'm guessing that he's going to play for the Sabres in the next week or or two weeks. Uh, the conditioning stints up in the AHL. This will, Benson being injured gives an opportunity for Savoy to enter the lineup. Now, Brandon Byro was the guy that was called up on Tuesday. That might have just been for practice, though, or just to have an extra body on the Philadelphia trip in case somebody gets hurt in warm-ups or something. Um, I think that's all that is. I think Savoy plays. I think he's allowed to play one or two more games in Rochester. He'll do that. 
And then I think you call him up. And then he gets nine games before you have to make a decision on whether to send him back to juniors or call him up to the NHL. So what I see happening, while Benson's hurt, you play Savoy all nine games. And you have some time here. Benson can be out however long, a week or two, maybe three weeks. And then he could go to the AHL on an injury conditioning stint. You could buy more time there. And then even by that point, who knows where you are? I mean, it's October 31st. The World Juniors start in two months. I mean, that's that's eight weeks, right? So, like, that's a lot of time. But Benson might have to be out for four or five weeks, and then you give him two weeks in Rochester, and now you're at World Juniors. Maybe if it takes that long, but I'm not guessing Benson's out that long. Just a guess, but I don't know. Either way, this kind of lines up timing-wise. You don't want to see a guy get hurt. But I think the Sabres made a smart call here. Why have him play through nagging injuries? Benson, by the way, can play three games when he comes back. They're, they're not ready to have to make a decision when he comes back from injury. You, It, it kind of lined up. Savoy got hurt. Well, Benson got an opportunity to play. And now Benson's hurt. And now it's time for Savoy to get an opportunity to play. And I think you get into December, and then you pick one of the two. Whoever you think is more ready, whoever you think is – I mean, unless they're both playing unbelievable – uh, maybe you keep both, but I think that's that's a numbers crunch. I think keeping both and then Jack Quinn's coming back, that seems like uh, it's going to be tough to do. Um, so that's the whole thing. It, it's to summarize, Benson week to week, Savoy's about ready to come up, and then I think after both get nine games, that's when you make these decisions. And if I were to guess right now, one of the two will make it, and it'll probably just be the guy that's playing better at the time they have to make the decision. All right, Zach Benson. Hey, you don't like to see it at all, though, because he was a fun player and a fun idea, and I hope that he's able to get back on the ice pretty soon. When we come back, um, just an overall look at where we're at. Nine games into the year. Do we feel, are we feeling good? Are we feeling good? I want to explore that question when we come back on the Locked On Sabres podcast. We are presented by BetterHelp. Try therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on NHL. Get on your way to being your best self. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. You ever feel like your brain's getting in its own way? Like you have... Like, you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of working against you. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNHL today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNHL for BetterHelp. This episode of the Lockdown Savers podcast brought to you by Sleeper. Lots of opportunities on Sleeper for fantasy hockey. Uh, daily fantasy hockey. Be more fun because you can get 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Uh, we love Sleeper here on the Lockdown Savers podcast, the official daily fantasy hockey app of the Lockdown NHL Network. It's my number one choice for daily fantasy sports and definitely season-long fantasy as well. What player would you want to take this week? You want Tage Thompson? You want Alex Tuck? You want Jeff Skinner? Look at the Shots on goal props, over-under, pick eight of those guys, and then plug them in, over-unders or other bets that you could throw in, and you could win a 100 times 
your bet on sleeper. You just need to correctly predict the uh, the outcome. You heard me, Saber fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleepers. So start paying attention. Nail your picks so you could start winning big. When you do, use the promo code Locked on NHL. You're going to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code Locked on NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Final segment here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. The Sabres have eight points in nine games. We are one-ninth through the season, and the Sabres are in dead last in the Atlantic Division. And that doesn't feel great. That doesn't feel great. There are some breakout teams around the league. Montreal continues to win. They're at 12 points. Detroit continue, is back in the win column. They're at 13 points. And there are the Sabres at, uh, at eight. And that doesn't feel good because they're supposed to be a team that takes a step forward. Detroit and Montreal are absolutely not the teams that are supposed to be that. I'm still predicting that those teams will fall back to earth, especially Montreal. I think they'll come back. But where are we at? Are we feeling good? Like they've had a couple of wins here and they've beaten some good teams. I mean, the Colorado win is super impressive. If you look at some of the individual and even the team specific stats, it's maybe double as frustrating because they have gotten better defensively. And that was their, I mean, that and goaltending were their biggest problems. And I went through the numbers earlier. They've gone from like the 27th best team in goal to 20th, um, at least on that one number I gave you. So that's, that's an improvement. It's not great, but it's an improvement. Defensively, they've been better. Clifton and Johnson have been better than what they've had before. And they're the sixth best team in the league in penalty killing. And last year, they were fifth from the bottom. So that's gotten way better. So why aren't the wins coming? Well, maybe we underestimated this. And I would like to throw this out as a possibility, but I, I didn't spend a lot of time talking about it in the offseason. The inevitability of some offensive regression. And that has happened to almost everybody. Skinner, it hasn't happened. Darlene, it hasn't happened. Um, cousins, I guess maybe for him, it has like a microscopic amount middle stat. It hasn't happened, but everybody else you're looking at. All right. The Paterka, by the way, is another one. It hasn't happened. It's really Thompson and it's tuck. And part of it is those guys have an incredibly high bar. They were the two leading goal scorers for the Sabres last year. They scored 78 goals. Wait, excuse me, I did the math wrong. 93 goals last year. Am I still doing the math wrong? Hold on. I just I, I thought I could do it in my head and I didn't. 47 plus 36. Okay. Here's the math for you. 83. They scored 83 goals together last year. One goal a game. Roughly one goal a game you were getting between Talk and Thompson. And this year, five goals in nine games. That's been cut in half. And I know four goals might not sound like a lot, but four goals right now, I mean, go. let's go through the Sabre schedule. Let's plug in four goals somewhere. And you tell me the, what the record could be. It's dependent of where you would put them. I'm going to be, I'm definitely going to be, nit, uh, you know, I'm going to be biased here with where I put those goals to try to get the Sabres more wins. But all right, let me give them two more against the Devils. All right, I'm at 10 points. Uh, let me give them two more against the flames. Now I'm at 12 points. That's it done. All right. 12 points. Where are you at? 
oh, you're third place in the division. You're third place. You're above Toronto. You're above Tampa. You're above the Islanders. You're above Florida. You're above Ottawa. These are all teams that are below right now. Those four goals might not sound like a lot. I really think that might be all it is. Your two best goal scorers have gotten off to a, a slow start by their standards. The good news is it is coming back a little bit, right? Thompson, three goals in his last three games. Um, Tuck is back in the score sheet the last week. He's on a three-game point streak. He got his first goal of the year. So they're starting to return to form a little bit. But Thompson is really the one I want to key in on especially because Tuck is good, but I told you all offseason that if there's one player I expect regression from, it was Tuck because Tuck soared above career highs. And the guy's been in the league for six, seven years now, and he never did what he did last year. So that was always going to come back a little bit, I thought. But Thompson, I didn't know. Thompson, maybe there, I thought maybe he could go up, right? Like if he doesn't get hurt last year, he's going to be in the 50 50 club, 50 goals, 50 assists, 100 points. And instead, he goes for 47 and 47. So I thought he could go up from what he did last year. I didn't expect regression from him. And he had a slow start last year. So there's still an opportunity for him to bounce back. But the bar for Thompson is so high. It is to be this team's best player. And he has not been quite that. He showed you signs that that's still in there and it's going to eventually come out. And that's why I'm still optimistic about this team making the playoffs is I think Thompson has yet to really take over a game. He's got a couple goals, but he hasn't really taken over a game yet. You know, the highlight reel goals. Is there one of those, two of those so far this year? I think that's going to happen, though. And, you know, I mentioned, like, the eye test. You could see him, like, getting these chances, these opportunities where he's just missing and really should be cashing in. The underlying numbers are another reason. They tell you, oh, this guy's getting all the chances. He just, They're just not going in yet. And if they start going in at the rate he's getting these chances, look out. Right, we're we're talking about the player that we saw last year. Lat this season so far, through nine games, five on five expected goals for percentage. The percentage of goals you're expected, your team's expected to score when you're on the ice. Thompson is number one on the Sabers at fifty eight point one percent. He's the best player on the Sabers by that. Second is Owen Power. Third is JJ Paterka. By the way, if you're uh, if you're curious. Fourth is Casey Middlestat. How about Paterka? Paterka not just scoring goals. Third best player at five on five expected goals for. How about scoring chances this year? When the Sabres are on the ice, only, well, I guess Skinner and Middlestat are above them. Um, what's funny about Thompson, and this needs to be included before I, I, I get out of here for the show today. He is providing value in other ways, and that has never happened before. Thompson. Go to Twitter right now and search. I'm going to do it right now, lively. I, I've already done this, so I know that I'm, it's going to work. Go right now to Twitter and search Tage Selke. I'll share my screen on our YouTube channel for our, our viewers. I searched Tage Selke, and I've been seeing a little bit of this from different uh, people on Sabres Twitter. Uh, so, again, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit here. I knew that this was out there. Look, look at if I can get my screen to work here for our YouTube audience, there we go. Look at some of these, these tweets and numbers uh, right here. 
the Saber Report, a good follow on Sabres Twitter. Tage Thompson's Selkie season. There's the chart from Evolving Hockey. There it is, in all its glory. Look at some of these defensive charts, the defensive bars. GA, if you're seeing the GA, that's a defensive number. Through the roof, we're talking about elite defensive play from Tage Thompson so far. Um, And that might not hold up, but it has so far. And if that can be a part of his game and the scoring returns, that then I'm really going to have to grow on him. Like I, I know that like I'm not like a hater. I'm not a tight tage hater, but I'll, I'm one to be willing to point out when he struggles. And I have been this season, and I am right now. Right, like he's not meeting the bar so far. But if he starts scoring at the rate he did last year, and he's going to play defensively like this. Penalty kill, too. He's on that number one penalty kill unit with Jordan Greenway, with his reach. Then, I mean, what are we talking about? We were comparing him to Mario Lemieux last year. Uh, Lemieux with what? Like, Lemieux and Bergeron. Mario Bergeron? What What are we going to What are we gonna have for this guy as a comparison? I mean, he, he'll be one of the best. He'll be one of the top five players in the league. And maybe you already thought he was. But uh, Tage is a guy to watch. I think he's primed to get going here more so than even is right now and if the goaltending continues to improve and the penalty kill continues to be great the defensive play continues to be really strong um compared to last year and they get breakout seasons from guys like jj paterka and tage returns the form that's what that's all you need the current what they're doing currently plus tage going back to form they make the playoffs that's 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 I guess my overall point here. Tell me what you think right now about like why what's holding the Sabres back a little bit this year and maybe is this all it that like Tage will get going and then everything will be fine. Nine games in, eight points, but again I I think it's going to get better uh, for sure and they're going to jump a lot of these teams in front of them like Philadelphia and Washington and the Islanders and the Canadians and the Red Wings. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow we'll preview Sabres and Flyers. So come back for that. Wednesday night is the next game for Buffalo. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Sabres podcast and making us your first listen every day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Talk to you tomorrow.